Here we go. West Hills Friends is a Quaker meeting in Portland, Oregon. You can find more information about our community at westhillsfriends.org. As a Quaker community, we encourage everyone to share from their hearts. Especially as it pertains to God's leading in their lives. These words are shared into a community that values the opportunity to respond and dialogue about what is said. The responses and dialogue are not included in this recording. The views expressed in this content are solely those of the original contributor. And do not necessarily speak for the entire West Hills Friends community. Thank you for listening. Have a wonderful day. Thank you for listening. Have a wonderful day. Morning, friends. My name is Alice, and um, I recently traveled alone in England for two weeks. And as many of you have heard, I had a lot of fun. Um, I also had lots of other things while I was in England. And today's message is about some of that heavier stuff that I dealt with. Uh, my message references violence to women and the recent Brett Kavanaugh tri trials, hearings. I've worked hard with the spirit this week on this message, but I know that even mentioning these things might be unbearably painful to some of us in this room. So please do what you need to do to take care of yourself and watch for ways to care for other people this morning. God, please be with us this morning, strengthening tender hearts and softening complacent ones. I walked through the huge doors into the low light and cool air of Lancaster Priory. Like so many churches I'd seen in the last week, it was massive and imposing. This one with an added feeling of aristocratic aloofness by being a literal stone's throw away from an actual castle. My eyes adjusted to the darkness and I noticed a table with flyers. Ooh, a self-guided tour, my second favorite kind of tour. I picked one up and headed towards the tall central aisle. The flyer directed me to look at the 9th century Saxon font and the beautiful stained glass. Look up, it instructed me. Notice the ceiling of the nave, which is with its wooden ribs and planks. It's like the inside of a ship, a boat that has carried the faithful through the rough seas of life for centuries. Then it directed me to a brass plaque on the back wall dedicated to Sir Edward Bromley. It names him, gives his dates of birth and death in the 17th century, and names him a good and honorable man, complete with the extra E and U, marking the text as both old and delightfully English. I recognized the name, though, from my guided tour of Lancaster Castle earlier that day. Bromley had been one of the judges in the 1612 Pendle Witch Trial, a story that's kind of a big deal there in Lancaster. In the spring of that year, 1612, a young girl was accused, uh, a young girl from a poor family with no male head of household, was accused of bewitching a traveling peddler. Just a few years before that, King James I had, been become, had become convinced that Scottish witches were plotting his downfall, and in a fit of religious and misogynistic intolerance, had ordered local law enforcement across the country to find and persecute witches. Men in positions of power across the kingdom scrambled to find these witches in order to curry favor with the king, including the local law enforcement in Lancaster. 
Alison Devis, a young woman living in the town of Pendle, along with almost a dozen members of her family and village, mostly women, were tried, imprisoned, tortured, and hanged in the castle across the yard from this church. In short, the plaque on the wall of the church commemorates a man who executed a dozen peasants so he could keep his government job. He dehumanized people because he deserved the comfort and power that came with that job. He was a man whose peers thought he was a good and honorable man. He was a man who lived as though the ship of the church was protecting him. My tour of Lancaster Castle had included all of the highlights, the 11th century Norman keep, the crests of every sheriff of Lancaster since 1100, the modern prison that operated until 2011, and the 18th century courts of law that were still used today, along with the room where, where prisoners were prepped for execution until about 1900. In the prison area, there was a um, display that talked about the living conditions inside the 18th and 19th century prison. It talked about how so many of the incarcerated had lived on the streets before they went to prison, that the wardens felt sure that the quality and quantity of the food could not possibly be better than what they had found on the street. This place is a literal stone and iron testament to the power of the state. Every sheriff, every judge, every jailer, and every king who participated in the building and running of this castle had been the kind of man who believed they were doing the right thing while the poor and helpless were kept in literal dungeons. These people dehumanized the poor and the powerless because they, deserved, they thought they deserved the comfort and power of their government jobs. They were people whose peers thought they were good and honorable men. They were people who lived as though the ship of the state and the ship of the church were protecting them. There in the church, I tried to enjoy the beautiful stained glass, the carved choir stalls, and the embroidered tapestries hung around the church, but my stomach had turned. I felt a sneer of disgust on my face. And then there was that news trickling in as I found Wi-Fi here and there during the day. This was September 27th, the day of the Kavanaugh hearings. I was horrified to hear how Dr. Blasey Ford was treated, shocked at Mr. Kavanaugh's responses, disbelieving as I saw images come through of senators and Mr. Kavanaugh sneering during the hearings. I saw a direct connection between these men in my own country and what the powerful had been doing here in Lancaster for a thousand years. Brett Kavanaugh believes he deserves the Supreme Court seat, and when people stood up and named his failings, he became irate. Many Senate members believe that they deserve the comfort and power of their government jobs and are willing to dehumanize people to keep them. Their peers think that these are good and honorable men, and they live as though the ship of the state and of their own privilege is protecting them. As I took the train back to the place I was staying that evening, the, world, the words of Psalm 18 rose up like a flood inside me. For so many of us, our pain at being dehumanized, hurt, harassed, and accused is like the cry of a wild animal. The cords of death encompassed me. The torrents of perdition assailed me. The cords of hell entangled me. The snares of death confronted me. In my distress, I called upon the Lord. To my God, I cried for help. We long for a God who will wreak vengeance 
who will wreak vengeance on, uh, for us, who will hear us and do something. From the temple he heard my voice, and my cry to him reached his ears. Then the earth reeled and rocked. The foundations also of the mountains trembled and quaked because he was angry. Smoke went up from his nostrils and devouring fire from his mouth, glowing coals flamed forth from him. The Lord also thundered in the heavens. The Most High uttered his voice. He sent out his arrows and scattered them. He flashed forth lightnings and routed them. Then the channels of the sea were seen and the foundations of the world were laid bare at your rebuke, O Lord at the blast of breath from your nostrils. I cried that night on the train and again in my hotel room, and I've cried many times since then, both for my own hurt and the hurt of so many others brutalized by people the empire names as powerful, as good and honorable men. The powers of our world hold up a certain kind of person, the kind of person who can maintain that power to dehumanize others. These people are judges and kings, lawyers, priests, and landlords who get to decide that some people are worthy of consideration and some are not. They're rich and handsome, and their privilege allows them to hurt with no consequences or with additional praise and power for it. But the good and honorable people of our world are also regular, law-abiding people, folks who just go about their own business. They live in red-lined neighborhoods, drive polluting cars, and eat cheap food grown by underpaid labor. Both the great and the everyday dehumanize other people because they think they deserve their position in society. Both think of themselves as good and honorable people, and they all live as though the ship of the state and the ship of the church are protecting them. But that is not the power of the kingdom of God. When Jesus caught the disciples arguing about who was the bestest and the greatest, he sat them down and said very clearly, anyone who wants to be first must be the very last, must be the servant of all. He then pointed to a little kid, a person with absolutely no standing in their community, and said, welcome these ones, put these ones first. In the kingdom of heaven, the good and the honorable are the people with no status in the world of empire. They're immigrants and children people of color, homeless, women, trans and queer folks, and the disabled. Jesus says that they deserve the comfort and status in the kingdom of heaven, even as they are stripped of it in the society of empire. Jesus says that they are the good and honorable ones. Jesus says that when we overturn the rules of the ship of state and the ship of church, the truly good and honorable will find protection and love in the kingdom of heaven. How are you feeling the snares of death encompassing you this morning? Where do you wish the Lord would send his slings, send thunder and arrows? Who are the good and honorable men dehumanizing you and your neighbors? Who are you dehumanizing as you try to maintain your status as a good and honorable person? Hey, thanks for listening to our podcast. We're really happy that so many of you are finding it to be helpful and as a way to stay connected with what's going on with us here at West Hills Friends. If you'd like to stay connected with us in other ways, we have a couple options for you. You can check out our website. It's westhillsfriends.org. There you'll find some more information about who we are as a community. 
You can also follow us on Facebook. We have a Facebook account by just searching for West Hills Friends. You can also follow us on Instagram. We have a Instagram account with the name West Hills Friends. So we hope that you'll get connected with us in other ways. And again, thanks for taking the time to listen to this podcast.